The Enchanted Chair Written by Joe Potts Once upon a time, not so many years ago, at least as the tortoise reckons, a king named Henry and his family lived in a modest castle. The castle sat on a small hill, with a dense forest on one side and an expansive plain on the other. Some small villages were scattered about. Henry owned all that could be seen from his castle, including the villages. However, it didn't amount to so very much, and so Henry was a minor land baron at best. But he was mostly fair to the villagers and forest dwellers, and was therefore well-liked, at least as far as land barons go. One day Henry's wife, Wanda, and their daughter, Elaine, returned to the modest castle from a day's journey through the forest. As the wooden horse-drawn cart emerged from the narrow opening in the forest, Henry saw an unfamiliar object in the cart. It filled most of the cargo portion of the cart and appeared to be furniture of a sort. He reckoned it was a bed, or maybe a large chair, but he could see no wood, only a deep, rich blue fabric. He had never seen such a thing. Perhaps Wanda had stumbled upon a new type of weapon, he thought, disguised as furniture. He thought he had no real need of a new weapon, as all was tranquil as far as the eye could see. However, a new weapon would do no harm and might come in handy some day. Henry went into the courtyard to greet his wife and daughter and to see what they had brought. Greetings, Wanda. Greetings, Elaine. What have you brought for me? Brought for you? Forgiving your presumption, which I suppose is the right of a king, albeit a minor one, I will tell you. Yes, it is for you, and it is a gift from Merlin the Seventh of the Forest. Merlin, you say? Speaking of presumption, as if he would actually be descended from King Arthur's Merlin, He's just an old crackpot. He may be a crackpot who's eaten a few too many forest mushrooms, but he is a generous crackpot, and that's not a bad quality to possess, be you a wizard or a king. Yes, yes, thank you, Elaine. That will suffice as the wisdom of the day from a young lady not quite in her thirteenth year. Oh, Henry. Wanda paused as she suddenly felt the day might have a twist ending. Leave her be, and she is quite right about generosity. Merlin explained how, in a vision, he had conceived the notion of a plush, soft chair to rest on. He said, why sit on rough-hewn log chairs when we can cover the logs with the softest garments known to man? Isn't he clever? I don't see what's so clever. I suppose I could get the same effect by lying on a few of these mongrel dogs that hang around looking for scraps. One mongrel if it's warm, two if it's cool, and if it's cold, why, it would be a three-dog night. Which reminds me, Eli's coming. Tomorrow, I believe. Says he met you in Spain, he does? Hmm, never been to Spain. Maybe out in the country? Maybe he's a liar. Or maybe he's just lonely. He lives by himself. 
and everyone knows one is the loneliest number. Enough! Let's get this furry chair, whatever it is, into the castle. Otto! Otto! Yes, me lord. I am at your bidding. Your whim, no matter how whimsical, is my reason for living. Yes, yes, I'm sure that's why I retain you as my chief guard. Wanda, I can never tell if he's being sarcastic. Don't fret, dear. Otto is loyal, strong, and doesn't eat much. Guards like him are hard to find. Otto, get a few of your beefiest guards and unload this chair. Yes, your wise magnificence. Henry had the guards carry the chair to his private thinking room, where he thought and thought before deciding on matters great and small. Remembering his daughter's words, he gave the men a bowl of sustenance. At first, he was going to give them porridge, then thought better of it. A bowl of beef soup seemed more appropriate for such beefy guards. He also gave each of them a fist-sized rock. I know you can't afford a proper weapon, should you be so unfortunate as to cross paths with the black beast. Throw these would-be boulders at it, and then the angels carry you to your home, earthly or heavenly, as the case may be. Tis all right, my lord. We don't believe in the black beast. Then pray the beast doesn't believe in you. But we will happily accept your unconventional gratuity as a symbol of your munificence. Yes, yes, of course. I'm, I'm happy you're happy. Later that evening, after the arduous daily tasks of a king and husband and father had been completed or shunned, as the case may be, Henry withdrew to his thinking room. The new chair looked inviting, thought Henry, with its lush fabric and pillowy seat and arms. As he approached it, it seemed to call to him, to be inviting him to lose himself in its luxurious comfort. An aroma of pine and dew and forest floor enveloped him. Henry hesitated a moment. Perhaps that crazy old Merlin had bewitched it. And it is a trap. Hmm. If you believe in such nonsense, then you're the one who's crazy. No, Henry, you're not such a crazy old fool just yet. Henry sat in the chair. He sank into it, the lavish fabric feeling wonderful as it surrounded and caressed him. Henry marveled that somehow the chair felt even more comfortable than it looked. He closed his eyes. His mind calmed and cleared, and he began his thinking process. Nice, shallow thoughts. Soon he entered his optimum thinking mode, which is to say, he fell asleep. Henry awoke to a strange sensation. His eyes still closed, he felt a weight on his lap. The weight was warm. He felt a soft vibration. He heard a low rumbling. Henry slowly opened his eyes. On his lap lay a large black cat. No, make that a huge black cat. The cat slowly turned its head, the biggest head on a cat Henry had ever seen, toward him. Henry might have felt alarmed were it not for the placid countenance of the cat. 
The cat looked into his eyes, and Henry felt a calmness, a peace, a sense of tranquility. And something else. Henry could sense something coming from the cat. Yes, he was sure he was feeling something strange in his mind. He could feel the cat's thoughts, thoughts of generosity. Yes, generosity and thankfulness, strange and foreign thoughts indeed. Just as Henry's brain was becoming fully functional, an uncommon occurrence, a noise in the hallway disturbed the black cat. It jumped from Henry's lap, ran through the doorway, and disappeared down the hall. At dinner, Henry broached the subject of the cat to Wanda and Elaine. Black cat? There's no black cat around here. You must have been dreaming. Oh, I want a cat. Next time it comes, throw a net over it, and let's keep it. There was no cat. Your father was dreaming. You're correct in one sense. I was dreaming in the chair, but not about a cat. Actually, I was dreaming about a nice sausage stew with potatoes and peas and onions and, and carrots. See, Elaine, what did I tell you? He was dreaming. I know your father well after all these years. Yes, I know him very well. Oh, I want a nice sausage stew. Oh, Sherman with a black cat. I'm telling you there's no black cat. And there's no sausage stew either, so eat your dinner and be happy. Silence! You may indeed know me, but evidently you don't know that there was a very large black cat in my lap. And I was awake. Well... Part of the time, anyway. But it was there. Do you hear me? It was in my lap. Well, you don't have to shout. Just take deep breaths. But I do understand how dreams can be upsetting. Anyway, it occurred to me that a lot of people would like a nice sausage stew and don't have one. A lot of people under my care, you understand? People on the plains and people in the forest. And who can do something about that? I ask you. Who? I don't know. Who? I know. Siegfried the Sausage Maker. No, not Siegfried the Sausage Maker. Me! Me, I tell you. Who's in charge of everything and everyone as far as the eye can see? Me! I told you there's no need to shout... Particularly at sweet little Elaine. You're right, of course. And so am I. Right about the stew, I mean. There's no reason for any poor soul under my umbrella of protection to ever be hungry. And they won't be. I'll gather my chief ministers and overseers and bakers and cooks and so on. We'll set up food stations. They'll be located everywhere within my realm. A splendid idea, for once. Make sure the people know where they are, though. Indeed, I will. Each station will be marked with large arches reaching into the sky. Make sure they're brightly colored. Very well, Wanda. I'll have the arches painted a dazzling golden yellow that can be seen for miles. Splendid! Splendid! What's an umbrella? Henry, if nothing else a man of his word, immediately put his plan into action. 
The next day, feeling exhausted from all the putting into action, which he wasn't used to, Henry went to his thinking room. The first thing he thought was how wonderful and comfortable the new plush chair was. He let the soft folds envelop him. He closed his eyes. Once again, shallow thoughts led to deep sleep. Henry awoke to a now familiar sensation, a warm weight on his lap, purring. I think I'm awake, but I'm not sure. Awake or asleep, Henry opened his eyes to see the same giant black cat on his lap. The cat looked at Henry with mellow eyes. Tranquility filled Henry once again. Henry sat for some time in the pleasurable company of his new friend. He dreamily thought of many things and many people. The docile black cat, Henry sensed, was thinking about kindness. So Henry thought about how he could be kind to people. Not just those around him, but everyone. And he thought about how he could be kind to all living creatures. For surely all of God's creation would benefit from kindness. Henry, who could feel the vibration of the cat's purring, was about to ask the giant feline a question when a thunderclap sounded. The black cat immediately jumped from Henry's lap and ran down the hallway. At dinner, Henry once again mentioned his encounter with the cat. It gives me the strangest ideas. Here we go again. Listen, if there's someone who needs no help in birthing strange ideas, it's you. Why, just last week you said how great it would be if we could catch lightning in a bottle. In a bottle! Use its power to light our castle, you said. Yes, and fry the hair off our heads, I say. Oh, I want lightning in a bottle, and I want a black cat. There was no cat and no bottles of lightning. Your father's been dreaming again. No, this was different. The cat, sweet thing that it is, was telling me to be kind. <laughs> so the cat talks to you now. And I suppose it was asking for some nice roast mutton. No, it doesn't talk. But it thinks a lot. Well, that's more than I can say for you. Maybe the cat can be king instead of you. Now, see, that's just the kind of thing the cat was thinking to me. That we shouldn't talk mean or act mean to anyone or anything. That if we all treated everyone and everything with kindness, we'd all be much happier. I want to be happy. Of course you do, and so do I. Your father has a good idea here, even if he stole it from a non-existent cat. Thank you for your kind words. I'll start right away at being kinder to all my subjects and to all the beasts of the forest and plains and to any travelers who come to our gate. What about us? Of course. That goes without saying. Maybe so. Still, we'd feel better if you said it. All right, all right. I'll be kinder to you. You don't have to shout, Daddy. Yes. It rather blunts the effectiveness of your kindness. Fine. The next time I'm being kind to you, I won't shout. You're shouting. Well, I said the next time. 
The next morning, Henry received a shock when Otto announced that Merlin was at the door of the castle. What's that loony old scoundrel want? I should send him away. I can see your kindness kick didn't last long. What happened to treating all visitors well? Maybe you need another sleeping visit from the cat that isn't there. Oh dear, you're right, of course. Otto, let the old scout... <clears throat> I mean, show Merlin in. Presenting his eye-wizardliness, the eye-wizard of the forest, Merlin! <clears throat> That's Merlin the Magnificent. What? Merlin the Magnificent. Mag oh, oh, oh. I mean Merlin the Magnificent. Yeah, and my cat. What? My enchanted cat, C-A-T, feline. Oh, accompanied by his enchanted and enchanting feline companion, Galahad! Merlin entered the room. He was accompanied by a huge black cat, as was so eloquently intoned by Otto. Greetings, my lord and my lady. The cat, however, said nothing. Henry rather wished it had, as that might lend some credence to his story. That's him! That's my black cat visitor! Ah, you mean my Galahad, yes. I'm sure he's been visiting you, hence my visit. We need to make an exchange. I see. You mean, of course, you want to trade Galahad for Elaine. Father! Never. Would you also throw in a goat and some chickens? Please, please, you misunderstand me. I mean the chair. The chair? Do you mean you want your magnificent soft chair back? Yes, the soft chair. However, I'll give you another one. You see, I made two chairs, one for myself and one for you. I mistakenly gave you the wrong one. I just wanted to trade chairs, so you have the correct one. I have it in my cart in the courtyard. I see. Is the chair the same? Better, better. It's even softer and covered in imperial purple, as befits your royalness. Wait a minute. You have a reputation for, shall we say, being on the magical side of things. Is this some kind of hocus-pocus? Milady, I am the seventh son of a seventh son. Do you know what that means? I know, I know. It means your family reunions are really crowded. I see, Henry, that your daughter is as wise as her father. In addition to that astute observation, it means I have some talents, skills, and gifts that others may not have. Plus, my blood runs rich with the mystical abilities of my namesake ancestor. It also means that I am scrupulously honest and trustworthy. I would pit my scrupulosity against anyone's. Yes, of course. I'm sure you're as, um, trusty and wise as I am. Indeed. But you see, my Galahad loves your chair. 
He watched me build it with special wood from special trees in special woods, dear me. He loves the aroma of it, not to mention the mystique. And Galahad is very uh, special. He has talents one would not expect from such a creature. He's also, as you have discovered, very large. In fact, some mistakenly refer to him as the Black Beast. But he's no beast. He's gentler than a newborn babe, you know. <laughs> yes, I do know. So this mild-mannered, loving creature is the feared Black Beast? Well, there's a lesson for us all, I'd say. Yes, your wisdom is undeniable. I imagine you would not want to deny Galahad his favorite chair, and therefore have no objections to the swap? No, of course not. Galahad has been quite, um, gallant to me, and I'm pleased to return the favor. Otto, bring the chair from my thinking room from Merlin, and replace it with my new royal thinking throne. Oh, I, I have waited long days for such a life-fulfilling command, your eye, kingliness. Right. I'm happy to uh, 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 oblige your waiting with my commanding. Wanda, is he being sarcastic? Might there be some additional beef soup waiting for me and my men, your graciousness? I believe I smell some simmering in the royal kitchen. What? Oh, yes, of course. Beef soup for all. Thank you, my liege. Your generosity is legendary. But we'll have no need of additional rocks, however. Fine, fine. I, I just get the chair. Wonderful. You are not only a wise ruler, Henry, but a kind gentleman. And in appreciation, I leave you with a blessing over your family, your castle, and your kingdom. Merlin raised his long staff and circled it over his head, softly chanting unintelligible words. He and Galahad then departed, never to be seen again in the castle. Henry continued to sit in his new unenchanted chair daily. It was just as comfortable as the enchanted one. He would think small thoughts as he drifted away, just as before. No black cat came to sit in his lap, though. When Henry fell asleep, he did it with the expectation of thinking great kind thoughts when he awoke. He reasoned that he didn't need a special chair or a magic cat to do that. And for once, Henry reasoned correctly. And he continued to treat all people and creatures of the good earth well. He had thoughts that may or may not have been profound, but they were generous and kind thoughts. And his kingdom prospered, and he became known far and wide. And Henry never forgot his friend Galahad, who showed him the way. Not all was well in the land, though. Although Henry presented Elaine with a black cat of her very own, she reminded her father that he had failed her in one regard. I never did get any sausage stew. That was The Enchanted Chair, written by Joe Potts. 
Cast members in order of appearance. Joe Potts as the narrator. Scott Walton as Henry the King. Peg Bryan as Wanda. Josie Hance as Elaine. David Ceremet as Otto. Paul Fox as Merlin. Directed by Carrie Fetter. Produced by Thomas Marinchak. Audio Technician by Jacob Gorsuch. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theater with the permission of the licensor granted under a copyrighted license agreement. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theater. Ha, <laughs>